Well, four months ago, war returned to the Middle East with a surprise attack by Palestinian terror group Hamas, which killed more than 1,200 people and wounded thousands more in land assaults and airstrikes. And the images of those attacks were truly frightening and disturbing. Hamas fighters also took dozens of Israelis hostage. This attack was clearly in the planning for months and was time for the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War from 1973. And so in response, Israel ordered a complete siege of Gaza as troops battled to eliminate Hamas once and for all. Today, we speak to our Israel correspondent, David Silver from Out of Zion Ministries. Hi, David. It's good to have you back on McBlog. Uh, four months ago, this horrific attack occurred. Has that been a, like, does that seem a long time ago or does that seem like just yesterday? Yeah, good question, Bob. Uh, when you say four months, uh, it, it uh, sounds like mm. it's, it's not so long a time, but it's been four months of uh, really, uh, you know, a situation that uh, the country's never had to experience before. So in some ways it may have gone quickly, but in other ways it's been grueling, and of course, we all want to see an end to it, but uh, that's not going to happen uh, anytime soon, I don't think. Now, the news uh, that we were hearing through New Zealand sources was that Hamas were offering a ceasefire. Is there any truth to that? And could you rely on that? Yeah, there, there, well, there was truth that it's been in negotiation uh, by Qatar and uh, Egypt. Mm. Uh, America, of course, was involved in that. It's been going on for a week or more now. Um, Hamas uh, gave a proposal yesterday which was just totally um, ridiculous. They, uh, they wanted it to, to last for like uh, three periods of 45 days, so that's 135 days. Uh, they were going to release uh, the woman, the young woman, the children, who there's only two or three children I think, uh, the older people and anybody who was sick, and they wanted I think 500 uh, terrorists released from our prisons uh, in the same kind of categories. And then the next 45 days, they would uh, release the, the, the males, the men who are alive. Uh, and they wanted 1,500 males released from our prisons again. And then the final stage would have been to um, exchange dead bodies, and I think well, I don't know who's got the most, but actually we probably have more than they have because we we took a lot of the uh, ones who who were uh, killed on the day uh, in, into Israel. But uh, uh, they also demanded uh, a total ceasefire, which would be permanent in the end, and all of our troops to be removed from the Gaza Strip, no surveillance, so we wouldn't know what they were up to. And in small print, they even wanted to uh, uh, stop Jews and possibly Christians as well, I would say, uh, visiting the Temple Mount. So uh, just um, an hour ago, uh, our Prime Minister officially turned that down. So at this point of time, uh, there's no deal. Yeah, I always find it fascinating that they're not very good at maths because uh, it's always kind of like release one Israeli hostage for about 20 Palestinians and 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 they sort of say it without even blinking. Um, it's an interesting. Well, I mean, we we gave them a thousand and sixteen for one in the case of um, 
Gilad Shalit, and one of those that was released is Sinwa, who is now the head of Hamas in Gaza and is really responsible, uh, you know, hands on for what happened on October the 7th and, and, and for what's been happening since. One for one would be, yeah, one for one would be would be relatively fair, and yeah. I like that idea of uh, you know uh, giving the same kind of people backwards and forwards, but not not the numbers. And you know, one of the one of the people who they uh, are re requesting to be released has fifty four life sentences. So obviously he killed 54 people yeah. and they want him to be released. Yeah. And what would happen, Bob, is, you know, we've, uh, uh, the Israeli, you know, the Israeli military has taken out uh, at least 10,000 of Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad operatives. But if we released this five or 6,000 that they want, it would almost immediately, it would fill up their, you know, it would recreate their, their army again. Yeah. And they've already said that they openly admit that they'll do it again and again and again. So they, they really do need to be removed. And the prime minister, just in his speech that he gave a little while ago, said that uh, Israel will continue until uh, until we achieve the you know the goals that uh, include somehow <laughs> the return of the hostages and uh, the, the you know the defeat of Hamas. One of the one of the possibilities Israel's putting forward is that the leaders would be uh permitted to leave the gaza strip you know and we won't do them any harm they'll have to go to a, a third country uh but uh and that of course would uh for a point for a time anyway it would uh remove hamas from control of the gaza strip but i'm sure younger people would come in sooner or later and, and try to fill their shoes but uh, i'm not sure that they would uh, submit to that condition and, and can you just remind us how many hostages are still held by hamas uh, yeah, between they so I, I get reports between one thirty two and one thirty six, and just in the last uh, twenty four hours or so, um, they they're saying at least a hundred um, are well, not at least a hundred are um, twenty. Well, no, thirty two are dead for sure, and their their next of kin have been informed of that, and a possible another twenty. Uh, are also uh, have also perished, so that makes it about uh, yeah about eighty perhaps are alive. Hmm. David, one of the commentaries, uh, especially from the left and from the media, but also I hear it within some within the Christian community, is that the response of Israel has been disproportionate. What's your response to that? Well, the, the response again, Bob, is that. You know, uh, the, the numbers may look disproportionate, but, you know, what they did, you know, we are going after, primarily after terrorists, and sadly, you know, there, is, you know, there are innocent people caught up in that, but when they came in, they purposely uh, aimed for just regular citizens, babies, children, older people, uh, civilians, and, uh, you know, had they been left, had they been left to... Uh, carry on what they were doing they would have killed they would have killed thousands of people maybe you know their 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 goal their stated goal is to destroy israel so uh you know you do you what do you do do you let them do that or do you do whatever it takes to try to stop them i mean if if someone wanted to wipe out new zealand <laughs> what would you do you you have to stop them if there's someone out there that wants to you know wants to finish you you have to deal with that you, you know I think the problem is the Western world doesn't really understand 
that mentality they they probably maybe they think they're just joking when they say that but you know when there's even when the, this motto they're using at the moment from the river to the seed what they mean and a lot of people don't even know they go to these demonstrations they don't even know what river or what sea but they're talking about from the jordan river to the mediterranean uh, and that leaves that leaves no place for israel um, in terms of uh, Israel, is it, I mean, four months on, is it sort of back to normal? Is there tourism going on? Do families, have families got back to normal life? I, I, no, they haven't. And I, Bob, I don't know how they ever will. I mean, there are, there are uh, 1,200 families that have lost, you know, on October the 7th, 1,200 families lost somebody for at least one member of the family some of them lost several members and there's 560 soldiers so there's 560 families uh who have lost sons or uncles or fathers brothers um you know so that their lives will never be normal again we, we see the funerals almost every night uh and the children you know one of my own our own granddaughters a young girl is suffering from you know um trauma problems because and she 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 doesn't really understand too much about what's going on but enough to have really freaked her out so it's going to take a long time for israel to get back to normal though i think there's at least two hundred thousand people uh evacuated from their homes on the northern border and down along the uh the gaza border uh, we don't know when they'll be, be able to go home you know uh they're saying that they won't even be allowed to go home until the threat from Hamas and the threat from Hezbollah, who are located behind my head up there in Lebanon, yeah. until that's gone. So that's a, you know that's another issue: is what do we do with Hezbollah, who are far more heavily armed than what Hamas were? Yeah, and for our viewers, just to remind them that uh, you are up the north of Israel, and so you're more at threat from Hezbollah rockets. Is that an ongoing threat? It's, it's definitely an ongoing threat, and uh, uh, there were 33 rockets fired uh, throughout Sunday, and uh, there's been like almost every day, constantly, there's rocket alarms going off, not where I am, but further up north, and I'm, we're talking 30 to 50 kilometers away, so it's not that far, mm. and those missiles, they, they can get here in between 30 to 60 seconds. Uh, we do, we have heard explosions uh you know i'm sitting right now on top of mount carmel so right as i said right behind me 30 kilometers away is the border with lebanon wow. uh so it does pose a real threat and also hyper has uh israel's only oil refinery it has uh you know a major electrical uh power plant there and there's a lot of industry a lot of chemical tanks and a lot of uh, uh a lot of uh factories that make ammunition and rockets are uh, up here in the north so uh hezbollah hezbollah poses a real threat and we are being warned daily that it's getting very close and that we need to prepare ourselves for at least 72 hours no electricity no water uh not not able to leave our homes it's uh it hasn't happened yet of course we're praying that it won't but uh it could happen literally at any time yeah um, of course, the UN-affiliated group, the Relief and Works Agency, UNRWA, uh, you know, the news broke that um, some of their staff were involved in the Hamas attack, and it's believed that about 10% of that group are direct affiliation with Hamas. Interestingly enough, I was monitoring that news, uh, and it took about three days to actually find its way into the New Zealand mainstream media 
uh, and of course we fund that. Fortunately, we've um, mm. withdrawn funding. Did it surprise you that a UN group would be guilty like that? No, no surprise at all, because we've known that for years and years and years. And it's, it's pretty obvious, Bob, because I, if, unless I'm mistaken, uh, I would say that uh, most of the workers, maybe not the higher level, but most of the workers would be local people who are Muslims. And obviously their, uh, you know, their sympathy is going to lie with their own people. And uh, way back in, when was it, 2006, I think it was, in the Second Lebanon War, and then, uh, you know, I think we spoke about it at the time when our son Stefan was up there on the, you know, in the war on the northern border. He said that, you know, the, there was no way that the United Nations uh, lookouts up there didn't see what was happening as it began to, uh, you know, as it began to open up there. So they've, they've been involved uh, right from the right from day one because, as I said, most of their workers are local. Uh, you know, they hire local people who the majority of them are, are Muslims. Yeah. Have you been, I mean, they talk about, you know, the ultimate solution is a two-state solution. You know, in my view, that is not a solution because, in fact, they're not interested in two states. They, they want to see the end of Israel. So that statement to me just isn't a solution at all. A am I correct in that understanding? Well, a friend of mine calls it the two-state two delusion. <laughs> Uh, and, and and of course for for the, the, you know your uh, your viewers who are Christians of course that's that's not God's plan. Uh, there never was a, a Palestinian state in the Bible. The word Palestine actually comes from the word for for the Philistines who were always the enemy of of God and His kingdom. Mm. So uh, the, you know and, my, and I've actually I'm actually writing a comment about that for. Uh, my news report this week, and of course we're being pushed very hard by our friends even, you know, America and the UK, David Cameron said they may even recognize a, Pal a Palestinian state before it becomes, before it comes one to accelerate the process. So the, these, the people in the nations, you know, they're really, um, you know, they're not opposing, they're not really opposing uh, Israel and the Jewish people, it says so in Psalm 2, you know, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? It's not against Israel and the Jewish people, it's against God and his, his anointed one or his Messiah. So ultimately what this is all about, and, you know, Christians should, if, you know, if Christians really understood this, then hopefully they would be on the side of Israel and praying for Israel, is that it's, it's about the coming of the kingdom of God uh, and the return of, you know, Jesus to Jerusalem, because that's where he's coming back to. And that's why, sadly, uh, our Muslim Arab half-bros or cousins, as I as I truly see them, they've been deluded by you know by the kingdom of darkness to do everything they can to get rid of Israel to redivide Jerusalem to stop the second coming uh, of the Messiah. So, having understood that, every Christian should be at least praying uh, for a victory. And just you know, to, just to go back to your question, I I see the only solution is a one-state solution. Israel as it should be according to God and according to his covenant with Abraham mm -hmm. and give the opportunity to the Arabs to live under Israeli uh, sovereignty as a, there's a million and a half Arabs live inside Israel. And 80% of them are Muslim. And if you spoke to most of them, that they wouldn't want to, you know, they wouldn't want to live under Gaza control. They're quite, they realize that life is better for them. 
as do the the Bedouins and the Druze. They they know that life is good for them under Israel because Israel is not an apartheid state like we're being accused of. They are they really do have you know there may be some areas where uh, you know where there's a little bit of preference, but they they have a good life. And so uh, the people who live in Gaza and West Bank or Judea and Samaria who are constantly trying to get rid of us, uh, if they just uh, broke free of the brainwashing that that they are exposed to from the time they're, you know, really from the time they're toddlers mm. and uh, we're prepared to live in peace. We could, we could have a great life here together. We really could, and as, as Israeli Arabs do. Yeah. Just finally, um, from universities in the US to um, street protests in the UK to even some of the comments being made here in New Zealand, there's been... People have been shocked, I think, by the level of anti-Semitism that has been underlying all this. Are you surprised by it, or is it just more of the same? Well, I mean, it's shocking for a start, and it's, it's very sad to see more, more for the sake of the people that are doing it, because they're going to be in big trouble with God. Uh, it, it really is more of the same, and it, it, you know, it's, it's not something new. And sadly, it's the history of the Jewish people. There's always someone out there who wants to destroy us. And uh, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of uh, wrong information and just misunderstanding about Israel and the Jewish people. And, you know, uh, there's good and bad in, in all groups of people. And there are Jewish people who, you know, don't, uh, don't measure up. But, you know, most of the Jewish people, particularly here in Israel, we just want to live in peace. And we were, you know, most of our people were quite happy to extend an arm or a hand of, you know, peace to the to our Arab neighbours, but it was refused. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David, first time we spoke about this, which was just after the uh, atrocious attack, we quoted Psalm 122, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, peace be within your walls uh, and security within your towers. It's very appropriate scripture. Um, for those who want to connect with you, David, just remind us of your website. Yeah, the website is www.outofzion.org. Uh, and uh, if anybody wants to write, my email address is david at outofzion.org. So, okay. And yeah. a reminder to our viewers that you're actually a Kiwi living uh, in Israel with the, doing this fantastic ministry. Originally, um raised in was it Morrinsville? No, Auckland. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking to Morrinsville. Uh, no, we I was um, born and bred and lived there most you know, 33 or 34 years in, in Auckland before we came here. So we've we've been here uh in the north of Israel for uh 31, maybe coming up 32 years. Yeah. And uh, in, in my time uh on the breakfast show at Rima, you were my uh Israeli correspondent for four years. So uh, there we are. That goes back to 2002. Yeah, well, Bob, I appreciate your interest and appreciate the opportunity to, uh, you know, give an perspective here from the top of Mount Carmel. Yeah. Thanks, David. Good to catch up with you. I'm sure we'll be in touch again. Okay. Shalom.